On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. It is virtually a fait accompli. Uh, you can never, you can never be certain with Conservative Party politics. Um, um, uh, the 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 Sunak camp are trying to keep their kind of hopes alive, but um, John Curtis, a very respected pollster, has predicted that she's got a ninety five percent chance of winning, and I think realistically that is the position. Um, she may make a gaffe, um, but I think we have to expect that um, on September the fifth, Prime Minister Truss will begin her tenure in Downing Street. Um, there is very little uh, sympathy or understanding for the Conservative viewpoint uh, here in the Republic of Ireland, at least. Maybe there might be some more north of the border. So for, for those of us who can't quite understand the motivations or what the attraction is, why do you think Liz Truss has proven to be effectively such a runaway success in this? <sighs> that, 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 that's a side that tells us an awful lot, I suspect. It is, it is, it is. Conservative Party... Uh, activists um, and members, I mean, they tend to be older. I mean, two-thirds of them are over 60. Um, they're predominantly white, predominantly male, and predominantly live in the south of England. And um, they do respond to the view to anyone who kind of invokes Mrs. Thatcher. And although Richie Sunak tried to do that, uh, the other candidate, the former chancellor, um, you know, he can't wear the clothes. Um, uh, he can't strike the poses. And actually, um, he didn't surround himself um, with the people um, who are the Thatcherite flag bearers um, in the Conservative Party to, to the same extent that Liz trusted. I mean, Nadine Doris, uh, Boris Johnson himself, um, who, who's uh, privately and semi, only semi-privately kind of backed her. Um, Jacob Rees-Mogg, all the people in the European Research Group, the faction in the Conservative Party, which kind of uh, are the holdouts on kind of Brexit. I mean, they all supported her and she surrounded herself with that crowd. And I think the combination of, you know, the way she spoke, her, invoca- her invocations to the Thatcherite legend, the fact that the card-carrying Thatcherites, uh, senior actions of the Conservative Party, all rallied to her cause, uh, and then her unambiguous insistence on tax cuts now, you know, unshackled business from regulation, kind of resounded with the Conservative Party membership um, better than the rather more considered position of Richie Sunak. And the rest is history. I'm struck by the fact that you put so much weight in the people that she's managed to get into her court or her, her supporters in her camp, if you like, because it does raise something of a question as to whether she does authentically believe in all those things that she's arguing for, for, you know, getting Brexit done, for for deregular, de, uh, deregulating business, for giving them more liberty to do things, to cut taxes, because she started off as a Lib Dem Remainer. So one would wonder whether this is truly an authentic ticket on her part or whether she is just doing whatever she thinks will get her in the door of Downing Street. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think that she, um, you can play this both ways. You can either say, you know, admire her for her flexibility. I mean, uh, um, people, you know, what do you do um, when the facts change? Uh, said John Maynard Keynes, the British economist, very famously. Mm. Um, and for her, the facts have changed, you know, that the, the European Union is a problem, not a... Not a 
not a kind of source of potential strength. Um, and have, have, in fairness to her, I mean, look, I'm not a, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a trustite. I'm not a Thatcherite. I, you know, I observe the scene. But in fairness to her, you know, she did co-write this book, kind of Britannia Unchanged, Unchained, um, with four other kind of right-wing Tories, and all the all the clips that have been exposed by, you know, there was a clip of her in the Treasury saying how she thought workers kind of didn't graft enough, and um, there's been a recent uh, clip of her, or uh, that's not a clip, but an interview in which she says that, you know. Um, doctors should have their pay cut and we shouldn't put the NHS on a pedestal. And all these things speak to a kind of right-wing view of the world, which I think, you know, and she's even calls what her second daughter, Liberty. Um, I think I think we can take, I think we can we can fairly say that she may have been a Lib Dem when she was younger, but she's, <laughs> none of that uh, sticks any longer, any more than a commitment to the European Union, actually. Uh, well, uh, I suppose there's nothing more authentic than, than calling a child liberty. You can be pretty sure that that is actually <laughs> a, a closely held value and not just, just something that she's doing to try and curry favour with the ERG. Um, you mentioned about the, the unchaining of Britain and this idea of like pursuing national liberty. I wonder, uh, does is there much of a recognition of the fact that not all of the UK is necessarily at liberty to move in the same way because of the constitutional arrangements of Northern Ireland because of the structures of power sharing, because of the Good Friday Agreement and because, you know, there are certain aspects of Northern Ireland which can't always move in the same direction as Britain and and whether Liz Truss's platform is compatible with the idea that all of the UK can't move in the same direction at the same time. Um, or is that even a fair premise? I think, you know, you have to start, uh, when, you, when you think about Liz Truss, you have to think about... Um, you know, the fact that she's, uh, you know, she is a Brexiter. Um, and so, you know, uh, all all your judgments about her policy kind of flow from that. Um, I'm not sure that's very helpful, but I mean, I'm, um, uh, you know, I'm kind of, well, I suppose then the, the, the question is, is, is there any aspect of, of Brexit ideology that can be compatible with Northern Ireland not being at the same liberty to move? Or, or is it just a case of now that you have, you know, uh, well, it's, it's an unstoppable force I'm, and a movable object and that the, near the twain shall meet? I am wondering, I mean, she took out, as foreign secretary, she took out a lawsuit against the European Union earlier this Early, earlier last week, over the Horizon program, she wanted to insist that it was uh, that Britain should had the legal right to join the European Horizon program, and it's quite a kind of big lawsuit that the British government has brought against the European Union. Mm. And what I'm wondering is is whether she's moving, in, you know, we'll drop our lawsuit on Horizon if you'll come to a compromise over the Northern Ireland Protocol. So I think that you know, there's no question in Brussels mind and it's i mean there's an open secret that actually britain cannot stay part of this this extraordinary program of intergovernmental and interstate collaboration over science Mm. uh, which is the biggest in the world and britain needs to be in it no no longer can british um universities lead research projects because we're not in the union but we can actually participate and there's budgetary allocations have been made to be in it in this respect even the brexiters recognize that britain needs to be in this horizon program and she is foreign secretary said, right, let's sue the union because because the reasons for stopping us are kind of illicit um, and preempting in a way and Brussels and the and, and Ireland 
kind of going after Britain for the position that it's taking on the Northern Ireland Protocol. And I think she is laying the foundations for a potential package deal in which, you know, you call off our dogs in Northern Ireland and we'll call off our dogs over the Horizon program mm. and let's and let's find a modus vivendi on both. So, you know, I'm, I'm you know, um, she doesn't, she wants growth above anything else. And to get growth, she can't have a trade war with the European Union over the Northern Ireland Protocol. Yeah. Um, and she has won. And she's got her she's got her people the people who would give her trouble in her cabinet. They're they're inside the tent. It's a it's a tough call this, but I'm I'm inclined to the view that she's gonna go that she will look for a settlement in Northern Ireland rather than actually risk a trade war. Okay. Um, one more question before I let you go, Will, and you've been very generous with your time this lunchtime and thank you for it. Um, in a way, you can almost sort of think of this as being like a primary for the next general election because you sort of have to win over the soul of the Conservative Party before you can then take your case to the public at large. If Liz Truss is running on something of a campaign or has some sympathy for the idea of cutting doctors' pay and sort of, you know, beginning to slim down the NHS a little bit more, which of course many voters would, would think is anathema, is there any conceivable platform on which Liz Truss can win the next general election, given that it may be three years away, and by that point the Conservatives will have been in power for about 15 years unbroken? It's two and a half years away. The election, ha- latest it can be, is, is early January 2025. So that's kind of um, two years and four months. Um, I, don't think Mr. I don't think Liz Truss is going to win the next general election. I think, in fact, um, there's a much more serious prospect I think there could be a very serious inter, um, financial crisis that may actually split the Tory party. Um, you know, people like Michael Gove, Richie Sunak, Johnson himself will all be on the back benches. Um, her economic policies, I think, are highly risky. There could be a real plunge in sterling. Inflation, remember, in Britain is not going to peak at 13%, but 14 or 15%. It's going to remain at 10% all of next year and maybe into 2024. Interest rates could go very high indeed uh, with a real kind of... Uh, first order crisis, economic crisis, that are economic policies that are so contested within the Conservative Party have actually helped to accentuate. And you could see really the Tory party in very, very, very serious political trouble. And my own view is that her chances of winning the next general election, um, even without that, uh, I mean, she's so out of keeping with the popular mood now in Britain. So, uh, and you know, doubling down on Thatcherism is not where the bulk of the Brits want to go. Um, and that's where she wants to take the party and the government. I think, and a lot of senior Tories think this too, she's already lost the next general election. I think prepare yourself for Sir Keir Starmer as British Prime Minister some, in early 2025. On the record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PWC. Sunday morning at 11. On News Talk.